Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn, apply it to your life. It's your turn to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Roger Wakefield. Hey, Roger, what's going on, man? Just another beautiful day. How are you doing today? I'm doing so good. I'm super excited to have you on. So, look, the reason I wanted you to come on, Rogers, because, you know, you, you, by default, you're, you are the trades guy, right? And so I work with uh, I work with trades teams. I train their salespeople. And we were chatting just a moment ago, and Roger asked me if I knew anything about the Sandler sales system. Now, I have my own sales CEO syndicate program group coaching program but the framework is very similar to sandler i've used sandler for years and i love it i think it's one of the most if not the most effective program and i think you're completely right Uh, i mean what we learned in there and look sales programs it's all we're trying to convey information to somebody to get them to buy something though. How, whatever techniques you use, it's you're trying to do a couple of different things. And I love the fact that you're actually working with tradespeople, teaching them basically how to communicate with our customers better. I love that. It's so important. And Roger, look, I'd like to ask this question because this is what I found. Okay. I found that let's just take, if you've got a good plumber, right? Good plumber probably makes, let, let's just say average, maybe a hundred grand a year, probably more than that. Um, but let's just call it a hundred thousand dollars a year. And so what I've found is, and this is not just trade people. This is just about anybody that's in sales. that's selling a higher end product. Let's say that they're going to do an estimate on a whole house repipe. You and I both know about 30 to 40 grand, right? Uh, probably closer to 75 to 80 if it's a whole house. Okay. All right. So <laughs> my market that I was in is a bit different, but yeah, perfect. Okay. 75 to 80. So, <clears throat> so that's an even better example, because if you think about it, if I'm making a hundred thousand dollars a year 
and I'm trying to sell a $75,000 product, you know, it's hard for me to envision actually purchasing that $75,000 product because I only make 100 k a year. I don't even net enough money to make that purchase. And I think from what my, my experience shows is that this stops a lot of people because they can't put themselves in the customer's shoes. It does. It's, it's, it's a minimum mindset. And, you know, I've had plumbers that work for me and we specialize in slab leaks and leak detection. So we see a lot of these more expensive projects and the mental mindset is, is tough to get around. And I've actually had, I've had plumbers call me and you could, you could hear it in their voice. They're like, Roger, look, these people can't afford this. And I'm like, man, look, I understand. Let me ask you a question. Did we cause this problem? Well, well no. I mean, they, they get offended the first time you ask them that. They're like, no. It's okay, then, then what are we trying to do here? We're trying to help them. Okay, how can we do that? Well, number one, our pricing, we've got it set. We, we know what it is. We're very accurate about it. We can prove it. I have to prove to my plumbers why we charge what we charge. Because if you don't, think about it. They think, well, man, I just sold an $80,000 job. Roger made $80,000. No, he didn't. <laughs> not, not anywhere near it. You have to show your plumbers, look, where, do the, where does every dollar go? How does it break down? And I love that because once I explain that to them, they're like, wow. And that's why then they understand there's not a lot of money for, well, let's give them a discount. Let's do this. Let's do this. The money's not there to do that. We're, we're tight with it. But once they understand that, and then we can always turn around and offer financing. And that is one thing that, I mean, they say probably one out of 10 people in the United States right now could write a $2,000 check. What about a $30,000 check? What about a $50,000 check? There's not a lot of people that can write that check and just say, hey, there it is, go do it. So you have to give them options and communicate with them in a way that they understand this is the best value for them. You're 100% right. And Roger, it is mind-blowing to me that I speak to some trade, some different companies, and they, some of these guys don't even have financing. And I'm like, well, what, what do you mean you don't offer finance? Well, it's a pain in the ass. I said, well, wait a minute. How about losing, how many jobs have you lost because you didn't have an option? Or better yet, here's another one. Some of these guys don't even, they may even have the option and they don't even leave the estimate. And I'm like, have you lost your mind? Like, I just, I can't even put that in perspective. Well, well, let me give you one better than that. You know, we're involved with a couple of different groups that, you know, help plumbers, electricians, HVAC techs nationwide, stuff like that. There was a guy at ex the, the new meeting for new executives that sign up shows up at it and they're talking about financing. And he said, look, we just started using credit cards. And they're looking at him and said, well, why didn't you use credit cards before? He said, my mindset was always, look, if they can't afford to pay cash for it or write a check for it, I don't want to do the job for them. And I'm like, that is the most backwoods country. And look, I'm from Texas. I'm a redneck. I've nothing bad. 
but man, that is further back out in the woods than I've ever been because my thing is, look, I always want to do the best thing for my customer. And if it's credit, if it's finance, if it's, man, can, can I hold the light for you while, while you look at it, whatever it is, I want to do it. And I think we've got a, man, financing is something we have to make it easier on our customers. And if that's how we do it, and that sets us apart from everybody else, it's a great opportunity. I totally agree. And look, people shouldn't feel bad about suggesting to use a credit card or financing or any means they need to get this thing fixed. Because at the end of the day, if you don't fix it, if your guys go out and they don't finish that, they don't do the job because of whatever reason, that customer's still in a bad spot. And they're probably going to be in an even worse spot because you didn't get it fixed. Now, how does that feel to know that you left the customer with the same problem? In addition to that, you're also going to get a call back saying, now I've got an even bigger problem. What the hell am I going to do? Uh-huh. The, the bad thing about it, and, and I like the way you put that, at the end of the day, if we offer to use credit cards, and I couldn't believe I'm even thinking that way now, we offer financing. We offer options. You have to give the customer options, choices. And it may be, look, you can write me a check for 80000 uh, You can write me a check for 50000 and do part of it. And we can come back and do part of it later. And we always try to look, what can we do to give them as many options as possible? Now, you don't want to give them so many, you confuse them. But we at least want to look at it. What options are there? And if they're like, well, I like this one, but I kind of like this one too. You know what? What can we do in between there? Be willing to work with your customer in whatever way you can. And if you do that, you've got a customer for life. That's right. And I tell you, you know, we, we talked about a minute ago, the communication portion of the sale. And look, I just want to clear this up for everybody. And this is one of my main goals is I, 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 I sympathize with, with tradesmen because I feel like, it's very similar to salespeople. We get the rap that we're, you know, like a used car salesman or we're selling snake oil. And I think tradesmen have that same, uh, something similar along, you know, they're just a plumber or they're just a HVAC person. Well, no, that person can stop your house from going underwater or they can also, you know, make sure that you're cool at night. And I think that's pretty important, but here's the thing. Active listening is a big part of, the sales process. And that means I can, if I listen to what you're saying, Roger, and I can summarize back a little, you know, for the most part, what you've said, that is going to change the direction potentially of what that customer does because they feel heard. They feel like you care. And I think that's a big, big part people are missing these days. When that was first taught to me, it was explained to me as listen to repeat. If you are listening to your customer in a way that you can repeat to them, Corey, what you said to me is if I listen to my customer well enough that I can repeat or give an overview of what they told me, they're going to understand me better. And they're going to understand that I was actually listening to them. Not just sitting here thinking, look, I've already fixed this problem. Look, yeah, 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 I'm hearing this, but I'm already thinking about what to do. Well, if this is all you're hearing, this wah, 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 and you're not really listening to what's being said, you're liable to miss symptoms or 
problems that are actually causing what's really happening. You know, I was, I went to a lady's house one day for a leak detection and we kept talking and kept talking. And I love just talking to, when did it start? What have you noticed? This, this, this. And one of the next things she said, were, you know, it, it kind of only happens when it rains. Hmm. Water appears on your floor only when it rains and you think it's your plumbing system. Guess what? Let me look around a little bit and I go up in the attic and I'm like, Look, you got a problem right here next to a vent. Water's running down it and you, you need a roofer and a new flashing. And that's all it was. So a lot of times just listening to customers and you can take much better care of them. Absolutely. Now, if you would have not been listening and you would have went there for a slab leak and you'd have said, hey, well, yeah, we could do this job. It's 80 grand. And then, you know, it maybe doesn't rain for two weeks and you feel you're in the, they think you're in the clear. They, you think you're, you think you fixed the problem. Guess who gets that call when that thing starts leaking again? And then they're going to say, wait a minute, Roger, you just charged me $80,000 and that wasn't even the problem. How are you going to fix this? And you say, well, we did our job, right? (laughs) And and that's true. And it's something that you don't want to put yourself in a bad spot. I mean, think about it. I'm not just going to say, yeah, water's on the floor. You know, it's 80 grand. Let's do this. We're going to go through our systems and processes. We're going to pinpoint it. We're going to know that's where the leak is. But even if what you said is right, hey, you do, you've got a sewer leak under here. We're going to tunnel under here. We're going to fix it. This is going to cause your problem or cure your problem. But then it rains two weeks after you leave and they got water on the floor again. You didn't do anything. And whatever you fix, they don't even care about. I'm sorry, but that was not our problem. So, you know, looking around at all possibilities can sometimes keep you from eating crow later. That's exactly right. And, you know, it's interesting. Well, so you mentioned systems and processes. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about how important it is for, and and look, this is one of the things that I really had to work with the group that I was working with at the time, this one the group in particular, they would go and and part of this the process was you do a whole house evaluation. Now, you and I both know the whole the, there's two reasons for that. There's one, you got to make sure you know where the problem's coming from. And then two, you got to make sure that that is the problem. And well, I guess there's three, and then you want to make sure that you don't need to fix anything else while you're there. Why is that? Well, <clears throat> you're costing the customer time. That's the one thing that you'll save them by fixing all those things or making sure that you check the, the, the boxes. And then you're saving yourself and the company time by not having to go back out there again. And so it was really a struggle for these guys just to do the whole house evaluation because they didn't see the value in uncovering other problems. And a lot of that had to do with the mindset. They said, well, I don't want to, I don't want to tell the customer they got another problem. They're already pissed about this one. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're pissed about the problem. It matters that you go out there with a solution and you execute it correctly and they're happy when you leave. That's it. And, and their their other problem could be bigger. And I, I've got a story that I tell my guys whenever I'm I'm trying to get them to envision this. It's this doctor's walking through the hospital and he's doing his rounds and he looks up on the wall and he he sees one of his patients name, but it's not a patient that should be in the hospital. And he walks in and 
know, Fred's laying there in bed. He's got his arm in a cast, you know, strung up. And he walks in, he says, Fred, oh my God, what's going on? I, I saw you yesterday. He said, Doc, on the way home from getting my arm fixed, I had a heart attack. I almost died. They rushed me to the hospital in the ambulance. They put those metal shocky things on my chest and it kept lighting me up. Says, I almost didn't make it. Doc says, I know yesterday when you're in, in my office to get your arm fixed, your blood pressure was so high. We didn't think you were going to make it. He says, well, doc, why didn't you tell me about it? He says, Hey man, you're just there to get your arm fixed. That's the way plumbers look at it. Look, I'm here to fix this dripping faucet just because they've got a 20 year old water heater up in their attic that looks like it's fixing the bust. That's not my problem. That's not what they called me here for. You need to make people aware, ma'am. Do you, are you aware that you have a water heater that's 20 years old? It's in your attic. It's right above your living room. I, I'm just going to make you aware. Water heaters normally last eight to 10 years. Yours is 20 years old. It's just something you might want to start thinking about, might want to start looking at a budget. It could leak tomorrow. It could leak 10 years from now. But if it leaks bad enough, it's going to cause a lot of damage. And you're just making them aware. Let them make the decision if they want to fix it or not. Sometimes they're not even aware of the problem. Yep, 100%. And it goes right back down to that, that communication. So how important do you think, um, how important do you think it is that, and maybe, I don't know if your guys use this or not, but do they use any kind of visual aid when they get to the house? Let's just say if it's the home, uh, whole ha- the, the, the eval, do they have a, a some kind of a framework, some kind of a uh, piece of, not piece of paper, but something laminated potentially they can hand the customer while they're talking? Yeah, we've got a straightforward pricing guide. All the pages are laminated. We can flip through it and show them. Uh, there, it lists, you know, in the beginning, look, here's the top 10 things that, that we do as a company that is part of why we do what we do. And then like when you get to the house, it shows in the middle, there's a layout of a house. You can show them the piping, the water, the sewer. That way you can at least let them visualize what problem they have and where it is. And even our guys now, even our our CSR, when people call and say, look, I need a a water sewer test or a hydrostatic test or or whatever they want to call it. We can always tell them, look, we've got a YouTube video that shows what that is, why it doesn't damage the system. And if you'd like to go check that out, at least then you're going to know what our plumbers are going to be doing. And they love that. They're like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. It helps a lot. That's huge. I I have not heard of you. I do. I love that. Well, and the reason really I asked, that's really smart, Roger. I, I really dig that is super um, and the, so the reason I ask that question is because, you know, we learn either through visual or auditory or kinesthetic. <clears throat> and so if for anybody that's not, not familiar with what all three of those mean, essentially kinesthetic encompasses all of those plus a little bit of feel. And then visual, you know, you have to see it to understand it. And, and then auditory, you have to hear it. 66% of the time, we're not talking to people like us. So I'm, I'm kinesthetic, but I lean more towards a visual. So if I'm explaining this in visual terms, but I, and I don't have, maybe I don't even have a visual aid or maybe I do, 
and I'm speaking to an auditory person, they may not hear any of that presentation. So it's really key to listen to how people talk and how they explain things. And you can pick up on that little nuance and it could change the game for you. And another thing is to what personality type are they? You know, if you look at personality types and understand Myers-Briggs, this profile, PCM, you know, whatever personality type it is, you know, I'm a, a high D in, in this profile. I'm a promoter in PCM. If I want you to do something, I just say, Corey, go do this. You may be thinking, man, he's a jerk. Well, that's just my communication style. I'm just direct. Hey, here's what I need done. Go do it. Boom. You may want to hear, oh my God, Corey, I love your hair today. And when you smile and you're all happy, I'm like, hey, Corey, look, go do this. Okay. Corey, I'm so glad you're here. Oh my God, we love having you. And I just made your day. If you communicate with people the way they want to be communicated with, and like you said, it's not just auditory, visual, or kinetic kinesthetic it's what personality type are they are they an introvert or are they an extrovert are they task oriented are they people oriented and if you can figure out things like that if you can understand this profile is the basic if you can understand the four personality types you'll understand how to talk to people and and i explained it you know i told you julie was a etiquette and protocol consultant well she was an si me, I'm a DI. I'm direct to the point. I walk in and say, hey, Julie, where would you like to go for lunch today? And she's like, oh, my gosh. Yesterday for lunch, I went out to the fish shack and I had these fish tacos. Oh, and yesterday morning I had breakfast tacos. They were really good. And she goes through a process. She thinks. And I'm sitting here thinking, look, I just asked you where you want to go to lunch. Where are we going? And now I'm upset and she really doesn't care where we go. She's just like, look, I just want to go to lunch. But she goes through the process and she would, when I'm like, Hey, come on, where are we going to lunch? Well, she's mad now because Roger, you're being rude. I'm sitting here thinking, and it's like, look, I just asked you where you want to go to lunch. When we can learn to communicate with people in a way they want to be communicated with our sales probably have to go up 75% because you're talking to people in a language they understand. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. 100%. And so much communication gets lost by not knowing these things. And, and I wonder, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know how many trades, how many trade companies, you know, even dive this deep, because I'll be honest, man, when I first started working with, well, one of the first companies that I worked with, and I came in talking about these things, and it, it just, it went right over. I mean, I, I was, I thought, what am I doing wrong that these guys are not getting what I'm talking about? And what, what I was getting wrong is I needed to start with the basics. 
I could I can't come in talking about body language and facial expressions because they're like, what the hell? What the hell are you talking about? Like, you know, they don't. And and, and that's fine. <clears throat> but, but that was my fault. I didn't I didn't I didn't pay attention to their communication style. And so but man, it changed the game when I did. I'll tell you that. The the neat thing about it is, and if you look back at it, whenever I explain this to tradespeople, I always tell them, look, in school, we are taught to read, we're taught to write, we're taught to talk. They don't really teach us how to listen. And we've got to learn to stop and listen. And, and like you said, listen to summarize, listen to repeat, what, whatever it is you want to, to think about, but you want to make sure that you're listening and hanging on every word. Trace people need to learn emotional intelligence. You know, what is their body saying to me? What is their face saying? What are their eyes saying? It's not just the words. It is everything else that goes with it. And if you can understand that as a tradesperson, you are so far ahead of the game and it's going to be a, a much better outcome for you in the long run. Absolutely. It's you're hundred percent. So <clears throat> a good example of that is if you're, you know, if you're talking to a customer and you're in their house and they got a, one of their feet are pointed towards the door and the other one's pointed towards you, they're not, they're done with the conversation. And it would be really helpful as the, as the plumber or the tradesman to know that because you might, you might just be able to save it by getting out of there and, you know, giving the customer what they want, which is for you to get the hell out of their house. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. A neat thing about that is, and, and we go back and review invoices or review estimates. And you can always tell the, the plumbers or the technicians that are not going in and trying to build a relationship they're there five or 10 minutes. They've given an estimate. They've collected the service fee or evaluation fee. That's it. And it's like, how did you build a relationship in five minutes? How did you even get to walk in and really talk to them and explain about you, about the company? Did you go through your credibility statement? Did you just show up and say, Hey, uh, you want me to fix your water heater? It's $2,400. And they're like, wow, thanks. No, bye. See you later. And there's so many things that tradespeople need to work on. Trades company owners, some of them don't even know. I mean, when I started my own company six years ago now, I had no idea. I did not know that we needed to be focusing on communications and emotional intelligence and leadership and personality profiles and things that, man, we're just ignorant about. We literally know nothing about it. Yes, 100%. Let me ask you this, since you brought up leadership, you know, I think that company culture, leadership, I think those things are absolutely key to running a successful business. And just to clarify, what I mean by that is, if you say, Roger, as the leader of the company, the, the, the owner, the boss, whatever it is, you want to call it, and you, you say, I'm going to go do X, and then you don't do that. Let's just say you run a let's say you run a, a contest, right? You run a contest for your guys, and it's twenty five hundred bucks at the end of the month. Whoever gets the most reviews, whatever it looks like, and then you don't follow through with that. 
Now, that destroys your credibility with your team. And it's really hard to claw back from that. Can you speak about, can you speak on that? Yeah. And you've got to make sure whoever you put in charge of stuff like that, whether it's your office manager, your, your CSR dispatcher, whoever's auditing everything, tracking everything, confirming everything. But I also tell my guys too, Hey, make sure that, you know, y'all keep track of things so that when y'all, when it comes to the end of the month, and I mean, me, whenever I was in contests like that, I'm always like, dude, I, I know where I'm at and I know where every other, every other person is too, because I'm tracking everything. Uh, I'm a very competitive person. So, you know, I'm, I get excited about it. It's like, okay, look, man, we can win this thing. It's, you've got to have different ways to look at it, different ways to track it, but you're right. If you don't do, and it's not just your employees, it's your customers. If you don't do what you say you're going to do, there's problems there. Absolutely. There is now, do you guys, you know, how hard is it for you guys to get reviews? Because that's another thing that just is mind boggling to me. Why in this world, people, uh, you know, folks won't make it just a little bit easier for people to go on and give you a great review. We, we used to have, uh, there's all kinds of different companies that, that have different softwares and apps and cards and, and all kinds of things. Uh, it's really not hard to get good reviews. If you do the job right and you exceed their expectations, pretty much you just got to ask. Oh, and if you, if key. you ask, it is, it's, well, you know, it's biblical ask, <laughs> ask and you shall receive. The neat thing about it is if you will ask and, you know, to me, the right way to do it is, is walk up to your customer when you're done and say, have, have I done everything you expected today? Have I exceeded your expectations? Is there anything else I could have done? And you'll see what they say. If they say, you know, yeah, I mean, it was all right. Hey, wait, I did something wrong. If you just thought this was all right, I didn't do my job. And then once they do, it's literally like, look, my boss, they really do love the reviews and it lets them know I'm doing a good job. If you would just go in and leave a review and please mention my name and the fact that I worked on a whole house repop for you. Oh my gosh, I would appreciate that so much. And again, if you know what kind of customer you're dealing with and you're speaking their language, if it's a harmonious female homeowner that is just every time you come in, she's like, oh my God, I love having y'all here. Y'all are so sweet, nice. And you understand her personality style and you talk to her like that, she's going to do it. If you, you talk to a high D like me and just like, Hey man, will you leave me a review? I, I a great job for you. You know what, dude, I will. I'm good. Right. We're fine. But, but don't talk to me for an hour about it. Yeah. Yeah. And don't send her and say, Oh my God, I loved working here at your house. It was amazing. And I'm like, man, I've got so much work to do. Uh, just come out and Hey, Hey, did I do good? Absolutely. If you didn't do good. I'd already told you, you didn't do good. Okay. We're good. Then will you leave me a review? Yes, sir. That's perfect. Now, how do you make it easier for people to do it? Other than just the ask, is there another step that you guys take? And the reason, I'll tell you the reason I'm asking. So 
one of the things that we implement with one of our companies is we implement a QR code and we can just hand people a card where they can take their damn phone, just scan that QR code, take them right to the review page and boom, it's simple. It's so simple. They can't not do it. QR codes are great. It, I mean, think about it. Almost every restaurant we go to now, you, you got to use a QR code. If, if you can make it that easy, we normally just send people links to either our Google review or Facebook page, you know, wherever we want them to go. And we may send a deal with three different links, you know, look, go wherever you're most comfortable. And some will be like, well, you know, I don't, I don't know what this Google thing is. So I'm gonna go to Facebook. Okay. Whatever it takes, make That's it right. easy on them. And, and, and the easier you can make it, the better chance you've got of them doing something. Yes, 100%. And, get, and, and the other part to that is ask for referrals. Guys, look, when you do a great job for a customer, there's no better time than right that second to ask for that referral. Not a day later, not five days later, right then. They're happy. You just got them out of this mess that they didn't know 24 hours ago how they were going to get out of it. And you're the savior. So ask right then and get it while it's just like, here's a great example. It's like when you open, you get a package in the mail and you're not really sure what's in it, but it's got your name on it. And it looks like something that you're probably going to be excited about. As soon as you open it, you are excited, provided it doesn't say it's from the IRS. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so when you get that, when you open that box, that's another way when we ship out products, it's another way we use that QR code. As soon as they open that box, QR code. I like that. Uh, and I'll tell you another good one is while you're at customers' houses and you're going in and out, watch their neighbors. Cause a lot of times their neighbors are out there just watching you, seeing what you're doing and walk over and talk to them say, hi, how are you? Say, you know, I'm over here at Ms. Johnson's house because she had, she had a busted sewer under her house. And, you know, I think we got to it before there's been any foundation problems. Have y'all noticed any Things draining slow, toilets, showers, tubs, anything like that? Or is your house cracking or do you have foundation problems? And if they say, nope, you know, everything's fine here. Well, good. Well, you know, look, reach out to her, say hello, ask her if she liked us. We'd love to take care of any plumbing problems you have. And if you'll just take time to build relationships like that with people, and you can probably double your sales because people, you know, people want to, People want to buy, but they hate to be sold to. And if you'll just go out and build that relationship with them, they think they're your friend and they'll call you up. Hey, Roger, I don't know if you remember me, but I saw you outside Miss Johnson's house the other day. Man, my toilet's gurgling. I think I got problems. Can I get y'all to come over and look at it? Yes, sir. You know, the other piece to that too, Roger, by, by speaking to that neighbor and just being a genuine person and explaining, hey, this is what I'm doing for Miss Johnson then what you're also doing there subconsciously is planting a seed within that person's brain. And they're, they're going to think, well, do I have foundation? After you leave, they'll think, what do, do I have foundation? Problems? Do I have pipe problems? I mean, it's the same age house. If their pipe is just busted, I wonder, maybe I need to call that guy back out here and just make sure that I don't have any issues. How often do you see that? Oh, quite often. And that's why you should always leave a card. Uh, door hangers are great. Put on the five doors around you. 
the three across the street and the one on each side. Hey, I'm over at Miss Johnson's house today. I'm Roger Wakefield with Texas Green Plumbing. She has foundation problems or whatever. If you have any questions or concerns while I'm here or you would like to call me later, please feel free. I'd love to talk to you. Boom. Yeah, simple. So simple. And, you know, it's um, – so let me ask you this, Roger. What – you know, I mean, I know there's been a lot of regulations. There's been a lot of changes, um, you know, with the current state of, of, you know, COVID and all this mess. I, how, mu how much has that affected you guys as far as I know, of course, you had to change up some things when you went into the house. Naturally, you got to put on a mask and got to put on booties, which you probably did anyway. Um, but what else, what else have you guys had to adjust and, and what's that process been like? You've just constantly got to think about everybody's house you walk into. And you've got to think about it two different ways. Number one, what can I do to protect myself and my family? But also, what can I do to protect them? If, if you've got COVID and I don't know it and I come into your house and I lay my tools down you know, on your bathroom floor and I don't think about it, and now next time I go to the van, I grab one or say I just threw it in my van and hypothetically it's got COVID on it. Well, I get home and I need to do something in my bathroom. I just run out and grab it. Well, chances are I'm at home. I'm probably not putting gloves on. I'm just going to grab my wrench and run in and tighten something up and whatnot. Well, what if your kids grab it? What if, uh, what if you set it down and your son comes in? Look, Daddy, I'm a plumber today. Ha, ha, ha. You know, we've got to look at, are we wiping down our tools? Are we disinfecting things? Are we extremely careful in everybody's house that we walk in? And you know, we had a plumber that, that worked for me when COVID was still hot and heavy. And we got a call and the lady said, look, you know, we have been around people with COVID. We don't know that we've got it. And, you know, the, the first two plumbers freed up said, look, I just don't want to go over there. And I told my CSR, I said, look, I'll go. So I go over there and working on it and I end up needing to get a, a different machine. So I I'm call her and tell her I'm headed back to the shop. And then the first plumber who declined the job says, well, what would y'all do with that job? And she said, Roger went and did it. And I'm like, what? It's like, we've got masks, we've got shields, we've got gloves, we, we've got floor savers, we, we've got Tyvek suits, we've got anything and everything we need. Roger's like, I don't know why they won't go. And he just went and did it himself. I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll go back and finish it up. Man, we, we give people everything to put themselves in a safe state. And hopefully they're using it. Hopefully they're using it the right way. But, I mean, at the end of the day, this is liable to be the new normal for us from now on. And we don't know that, you know, the vaccine's going to work 100%. We don't know... You know, the next variant's not already, you know, moving into the United States. We don't know what's going on. I know we've gone several years without a vaccine or a cure for HIV. We've, we, we've got vaccines for the flu, but, you know, they don't always work. Uh, we don't just have a cure for it when you just go down and get a shot and take care of it. If this is the new normal, we have to get used to it. But we've got to adapt and overcome and, and just do what we got to do. So all we can do is always be prepared for any situation. 
So, you know, I'm going to ask you a, a slightly controversial question. And, you know, I, I really didn't intend on going here, but, you know, I know you're in Texas and I know that I, I think the majority of Texas is probably, uh, I, I don't know where they're at, but, you know, what, what are your thoughts on these, a mandatory, <clears throat> excuse me, a mandatory vaccine? Well, let's just take it from a, from a standpoint, you're the business owner, which you are, as you're, in, you're for your employees. And this is why I asked the question. I'm not trying to, you know, this is not for me to rally anybody up or anything like that. Anybody that's listened to me knows how I feel about this situation. I don't, I personally don't feel like anything should be mandated, period. Um, and I think it's our choice. If we want to get it, we'll get it. But as the business owner and having employees and they're going into houses, and to, to your exact point a moment ago, you got to look out for the customer. You got to look out for you. Where does the, you know, how, it's a fine line. And I, I got to, I'm wondering, you know, is it, if you don't mind telling me where you kind of stand on that and how you view it. Well, I didn't want them to put the chip in my arm. So I'm not, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, and, and then, you know, see all these things on TikTok with a magnet. It's like, look, there's the chip. It's stuck to my arm. It's like, come on, really? You know, I, and I'll tell you what, I, I have, I've been a hundred percent against it because I'm, I'm like, you look, don't tell me what I have to do. Give me all the information. Let me make a decision. I, I'm a smart guy for a plumber. So just give me the information and let me decide whether I want to do it or not. We've never come in in a situation like this before and said, look, everybody has to do this and has to do it right now. And some employers are for it. Some are against it. Some care about how we're doing it, and why we're doing it. My thing is at the end of the day, I don't like the politicalness behind it. I think that it is just being pushed by politicians really, really hard. And when they push something that hard, it kind of scares the heck out of me. Uh, my, my other thought is, is I, I've talked to my personal doctor. I've talked to friends that, that are in the medical field. They've had it done and they're like, look, here's why. You know, if you sit and look at, this and the possibilities of this and this and this. And I mean, literally I sat with my doctor about 30, 45 minutes, a couple of weeks ago in talking about a, a tickle in my throat. And, you know, she looked at me and she said, have you had the shot? And I said, no. And she said, why? And I said, same thing. Yeah. I don't want the chip in my arm. And yeah, I told her, I said, like, okay, I'm joking. But she said, so, so really why? I said, and I told her the same thing. I told you, I said, there's too much politics behind it. And she said, okay, she said, so let's pull the politics out. And she sat and talked to me about tests that have been done in companies and research she's done and this and that. And, you know, at the end of the day, I told her, I said, look, you should probably make a video. I said, because you've at least got me thinking, you know what? Maybe it's not such a bad idea to get it. And I've got friends that are, are very close to me that are actually in the hospital right now. Because, and I remember going out with these friends in the last six months and they're like, you know what? We're not wearing a mask. We don't go anywhere that requires it, yada, yada, yada. Now one of them's in the hospital in ICU. Uh, and when you read the social media posts, they sound different now. It's like, hey, look, this is kind of legit and serious. And man, I'm just fighting to survive. I think we've all got to make our own decisions. I would never, as an employer, 
tell my employees, you have to do this or you have to do that. The only thing that we do is if our guys get sick, we ask them to please stay home and go get tested. Bring me back a result saying you're negative. I actually had to get tested. I was going in to get, I had, I detached my bicep. And when I detached it, they scheduled me for surgery. And part of the surgery was going in to get a coronavirus test. And I went down and did the test and the lady came back out and she said, uh, you're, you're positive. I'm like, no, I'm not. And she says, no, your, your, your test came back positive. I said, lady, I'm telling you that ain't going to work with me. You're going to do it again. I said, because I'm not positive. And she said, you literally have no signs. Do you? I said, nothing. She said, you're here for surgery. I said, yeah. So she went and talked to her supervisor. They did another test. Then they brought the security guard over. They're like, hey, you've got it. We need your driver's license. Two days later, I lost my taste and smell completely. I could have eaten this piece of paper or filet mignon. It would have tasted the exact same. So I don't ever want to tell my employees what they have to do unless it's represent my company the way I want to be represented. But when it comes to their personal beliefs, their religion, their their whatever it is they think, and I'm good with it. As long as they fit our culture and our character and they represent the company well, man, I'm good. I'm good. It, it's interesting that you shared that uh, about the doctor because I had a very, very similar experience, except it's a friend of mine. And I didn't, I knew he was a physician. I just didn't know he was a virologist or I'd have contacted him a year ago. Um, but he said, I, I posted up something that Trump had said, and he was like, Corey, he said, you know, those, those are just not facts. And I said, well, well I, please enlighten me where, you know, I'd love to know where to find the facts because I'm, I'm having trouble finding anything that matches up. He said, well, if you'll keep an open mind, I, I'd, I'd love to have a conversation with you. And I said, naturally, of course, I'll keep an open mind. And I understand now why he, he said that it wasn't in particularly me. But they're, you know, as you well know, I mean, if you're on one side or the other, people are very passionate about whichever side they're on. Doesn't matter whether they're right or wrong, they're still passionate about it. And so he broke it down. And look, I can't spit it all back to you. I was listening, but it was, you know, it was a lot of science in there, a lot of stuff that I just didn't really know. And so, like you, it made me scratch my head a little bit and say, well, well, wait a minute. Now, this guy's not trying to sell me anything. He's not trying to push anything on me. He's just telling me the facts from his standpoint and what he's been doing and what he's been seeing. And, and I'll, be, I'll be honest, like it, 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 I, had to take, I had to take a step back and say, I got to really look at this for what it is and not what everybody's telling me it is. And the, at the, the end of the, the no, no, go ahead. I was just going to say at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's really hard to get the information. That's the problem. And, and, and I'm like you, and you know, I look back and the reason that I told us, I told her, I said, look, you should go make a video because you've at least got me thinking, wow, this might be the right way to go. And I look back, you know, we had Trump saying, look, you need to get the shot. We've got Biden saying, look, you need to get the shot. Uh, they're on opposite sides and they're both saying, look, at the end of the day, this is the best thing for the United States. Now, they may be back, back behind the building shaking hands and 
hugging each other and say, Hey, we're going to get it done. You never know. But at the end of the day, people have to make their own decisions. And I think that some doctors, like you said, the one you talked to, it's like, look at it this way. And this doctor who talked to me, she had nothing to gain one way or the other. And she's just like, Roger, look, I'm just telling you for your health. I think it's the best thing for you to do. And I'll leave it at that. And after that, the decision is yours. Instead of saying, Roger, you have to do it. And I've got you here. So why you're not looking, why don't I just stick a needle in your arm? And she's just like, look, I got it here if you want it. But, you know, if you don't want to, I'm not going to make you. Cool. We're friends. That's, that's a big difference. I went, you know, I, I got a little sinus inf infection currently. Literally went to the doctor today. And my normal doctor wasn't there. He's on vacation. And the, the lady uh, that, that came in, first question, boom, you've been vaccinated. No, you should get vaccinated. Lady, you, you didn't even ask me why I'm here. Yeah. And I'm like... I said, ma'am, I have no interest in that. I appreciate you offering it, but I'm not going to do that. She said, but, well, the, the COVID test is covered under insurance, so you got to get that before you leave. I said, I'm, I'm not going to get that either. I said, I, I don't have any of the symptoms. I don't believe that's the case, but if I did, you'd be the first person I'd tell. And and, and she said, well, the, the 95, I mean, she just started rattling off all these crazy numbers, and I said, ma'am, I I got to ask, how do you know? How do you know this is, how do you know this to be true? And she said, well, uh, when you can research it, you, you don't watch the news. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, yes, matter as a fact, matter of fact, I do watch I don't, the news. <laughs> I actually don't watch the news because it's whatever channel you turn it on. We all know this. It's, so, all, it's different on every channel. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yes, I do watch the news. What they're saying over here is not what they're saying over here. What they're saying over here is not what they're saying on either one of these. It's just, man, it's crazy. It is. And and here, and I'll just, and it's interesting you told her to do the video because I told my guy this is exact same thing. I said, dude, I said, people really need to understand the way you just helped me, a guy that I, I had no desire to learn anything great about this or good about it or positive. I just yeah. was in the camp that, I didn't want to know. And I, and I had my mind made up, but you've made me think, and that's, it. that's really impressive. So I really do think you should, he said, well, Corey, he said, honestly, I, you know, it's just, I, I just don't, I just don't want the fight. It's like, we're tired, bro. We're tired. And, and I said, I understand, but it's really important. If you guys want to get the right information out that good people like you are the people that are saying it because right now, you know, with the misinformation being shut down and our shadow banned, I said, I said, can you explain why that's happening? And he said, I can't really give you the exact definition, Corey. He said, because honestly, this is how I see it. If they're shutting you down for what you're saying online, well, as the consumer, as the person that's posting it, that makes you believe something you're saying they don't want out and not and it makes you feel like, makes me as the person posting it, if I get shut down, it makes me feel like I've got something to say that they don't want me to say, which breeds this division even more. You know, here's another interesting fact too, and this is why I told her the whole politicalness behind it. You know, think about what has been going on in our politics now for the last year and a half. 
we we don't think we can trust our government. We, you know, some of us loved the outgoing president. Some of us loved the incoming president. But either way, it was muddy water. And now in the middle of all the end of his reign and the first of his reign, we, we've got a virus here that we get misinformation on, it seems like, every other day. And it's just we, we don't know what to trust or, or what to believe or who to believe. You watch news reports and you know they're lying because their lips are moving. And it's just like, okay, what, what do we do here? And the bad thing is, I think for the first time in a long time, the United States is in a place where we don't trust the people talking to us. And therefore we've got to make decisions based on what they're saying. And we don't get a lot of the right information. So kind of a tough spot to be in. It is a tough spot to be in. And, and I would just suggest anybody that is, you know, questioning this stuff is that, you know, you t look, God gave us intuition. They gave us, God gave us that gut instinct. There's, so, there's a reason it's called a gut instinct. And that means that if you're feeling like something's not sitting right with you, it's probably not right. Or if you feel like it is sitting right, then maybe it is right. But you got to really trust your intuition. You've got to trust that gut instinct because guess what, folks? We don't have a hell of a lot more to trust. Yeah. And, and learn something here from a plumber. If it looks like poop, it feels like poop, it smells like poop, chances are, buddy, it's poop. I love it. Well, Roger, look, could you do me a favor? This has been fantastic. If you could just let everybody know where they can find you, any kind of information you want to let, where they can follow you or whatever it is you want to tell everybody, it'll be in the show notes. It's been such a good conversation. I really appreciate you. Oh, yeah, I've enjoyed it myself. Here's what I'll tell people is you can always find me on LinkedIn, Roger Wakefield. If you've never done it just to see what I'm doing on YouTube, go to YouTube and search plumbing. You'll find me. Uh, I'm the guy with the mustache. And, you know, look at what I'm doing. It, it's I have become a trusted advisor to my customers, to people in the trades, to people that want to get in the trades. And at the end of the day, that's what we want to be as good salespeople. We want to become somebody's trusted advisor. So YouTube, TikTok, talk about shadow ban, people blocking what you're saying. Uh, TikTok. Instagram, man, I've, I'm kind of covering up the social media platforms pretty well, but YouTube and LinkedIn are, are where we do our most engagement. Love it, Roger. I really, really, really enjoyed this today. And, you know, this has just been such a great conversation. You've been a really, really amazing person to talk to. So, again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I do appreciate it, Corey, very much. And if you make sure I'll get all the links and everything, I will share this with all, all my people just to make sure that they get to get in here and learn from you and get to see what all you do too. That'd be great. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. If you Thank took you. anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review and go check out some other episodes on successfullifepodcast.com. This is the successful life. Thank you for tuning into the successful life podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. 
Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.